It is the Anum 365 All Hits, No Misses. Thank you very much for, for listening. Thank you for joining me on this journey. I really do appreciate every single listen. Um, I think for the, for the listeners, especially the long-time listeners, you would have noticed that there's been some changes in the way the podcast has been running. Um, basically, every episode I've had a guest on, uh, I've decided to stop using background music because I just felt like the background music was, was a little bit distracting and then it was a little bit corny. Um, if I'm wrong about that, you know, you can always hit me up on Twitter or whatever. Um, yeah, so thank you very much for listening to the, to the past two episodes. Uh, we were having issues with Zoom um, last week. I don't know for what reason, but Telcom decided I, I'm not allowed to use Zoom. Um, but now those things are sorted and I'm, and I'm very excited because I've got a very good friend of mine on the podcast today. Lennon, how are you? Doing all right, uh, Brother Nkuli. <laughs> all right how are you now i'm good i'm good how do you have a you 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 look like you've got a fresh cut today what's what's going on or are you balding i'm both balding and i also have a fresh cut so it's best of both so. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how did you get a cut did you cut it yourself yeah and yeah. i'm learning i learned a new skill grooming tips for myself it so looks like how. you can it looks like you, you can only do cheese cup though yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so Lennon is a, is a good friend of mine. We we met at Varsity at Rez. Um, now he's doing very cool, dope things. You know, um, he's traveling. Whenever I look at his Instagram, he's in a new African country. Uh, he's a he's a he's a true child of the soil. Um, so Lennon, when I say you're a child of the soil, uh, talk to us a little bit about like your roots, where you're from. Oof, that's um. Steep man. So I share two countries, right? That's the first thing that I always say when I, when someone asks me. My mom is Shona, from a province in Manikaland in Zim, and my dad is Venda. So I was actually born in Zim, grew up there, um, moved over to ASA in the early 2000s, did my high school here. Um, but uh, my family comes from Shawela. My, my dad's family they're from Shawela and Soweto. Um, and I've been, um, been, I've sort of stayed in different uh, provinces growing up. Um, but uh, basically, I'm a young an African um, man. Um, oh. That's that's uh, that's how can I uh, sort of uh, describe myself? A young Pan African man who um, who doesn't see borders, so I'm very comfortable in any sort of African country. Yeah, that's very important. Let me, let, me, let me ask you something. So like now with lockdown, what have you been, what have you, what have you been up to? Because I know you're, you're a man that likes to keep moving. And this lockdown, so the beauty, part, the, beauty, the beauty part in Kuli of uh, the work that I do is that I also get a chance to connect with other uh, sort of African young people, entrepreneurs. You remember the last, when actually when you launched your your company, Kuyasha, um, yeah. that's the last time yeah. I sort of spent a lot of time with you. We're actually doing uh, work with, um, I think, about uh, 150 African young people from different countries that were around for the global citizen. Remember oh, that, yes. uh, that, is that, that thing was very cool. Yeah. That thing was very cool. I think, yeah, the nice thing about that is that there were so many young people. And I think 
there's, there's, there's a lot of frustration and agitation amongst young Africans in the sense that we, we, we feel as though we're not given enough platform. We feel as though there's a lot of problems that have, I would say actually simple solutions, but yes. the, the problem is, is implementation. It's pro the problem is, is incompetence and all of that. So I think, yeah, that was a very good platform. And if I'm not mistaken, that was your, well, not, I, wanna, I don't want to say your brainchild, but it was one of your, your babies that you, that you worked on. That, that, um, yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Uh, so amongst the work that I do is also trying to get young people connected. So you and Goody doing your podcast. Um, this is, for me, it's one of the best ways of using tech right now, bro, to spread word, whether it's health, whether it's about what's happening right now with the COVID-19, whether it's about um, development, whatever it is, I mean, you've got a new platform that you're working with, new tech. Mm. Um, so... This is a good practice, and I can see other, uh, particularly young, 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 young entrepreneurs in um, Kenya and uh, Rwanda. P the podcast thing is going on; it's big. So I'm very proud of you to be doing this. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, actually, tell me because I because I didn't we didn't actually speak about what you do. So what do you, what do you actually do? What's your and if you're not allowed to mention your employer, <laughs> I hope you are allowed to mention them. Um, I work for the African Union. Um, mm. And um, I, I, I hope your listeners know what the African Union is. Um, I'm sure um, they do. Yeah, they do. But, but which arm of the African but, Union do you work for? Which uh, I work for an organ. I work for the organ of uh, an organ of the African Union that deals with um, peer reviews, good governance. So uh, it was formed in 2003. Mm -hmm. uh, the Secretariat actually is based here in Midrand. Um, it was born out of NEPAD, so we, we, we sort of uh, try share best experiences of good governance with uh, different African countries. We do peer reviews, we sort of encourage countries to do self-assessments of, of sort of their governance. And uh, South Africa is a member of actually of, of, of this organ. Mm. And the so, 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 so what does it actually do? Because I think it's, I mean, when I think the moment you say good governance, I don't think good governance is something that we automatically associate with with african with african countries and i don't and i don't think peer review is also another thing we associate with with africans because i mean particularly when we when we look at um zimbabwe and mbeki you know many zimbabweans are very unhappy with with Mbeki and, and his legacy and that he didn't properly hold mugabe and, and those elections to account so 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 when you say african peer review automatically it sounds like you're you're, you're fighting a an uphill battle um look man um so the nice thing about this um organ is that it's not um it's not compulsory for for um for member states or african countries to actually join so it's sort of a um sort of goodwill of um sort of in a bro african brotherhoodness say so, okay if something is going on in Zimbabwe, like right now, look what's some, um, I don't know if you're following what's, what's happening in Lesotho. Um, with the president? Yeah, with uh, the prime minister. Um, explain, explain that what's happening to the, for the listeners. Oh, okay. Uh, so uh, I think uh, the troops were out and people were not sure exactly what was happening in, um, in Lesotho. Um, so at the moment, uh, SADC, which is our, it's like a wreck, a regional economic uh, 
community that um, Lesotho is in and South Africa is in, and currently Zimbabwe sort of chairs SADC, uh, mm -hmm. so to speak. And, so what's um, happening? In, what's happening in Lesotho specifically? Because I mean, the the last I heard was that the the president and his wife had been arrested because um, over suspicions of what? Um, it was they over the murder of the president's ex-wife, like it, it, coming straight out of a soapy. So yes, um, I mean, uh, these are things that are coming out from the media, but you and I are educated enough that unless all these things are sort of put in a court of law and she's found guilty. Well, we're not saying that they did it, but we're saying that <laughs> they're accused. And as much as, a, I mean, a court of law and a court of justice and a court of facts are different things, you know? So, yeah, I mean, so, but a, I mean, a, as yeah. things stand, as things stand, um, he's still the prime minister. All I know is that there was something that was happening. We are not sure yet. We'll hear from, um, I mean, South Africa was sending um, some invoice. You know, South mm -hmm. Africa is the chair of the AU. It's a difficult year for South Africa, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's the chair of the AU at the moment. So, not only is our president dealing with issues here at home, he's also dealing with other issues at a regional level and at a continental level. So big ups to uh, president. Yeah. But without straying from um, exactly what we do, let me go back. I feel like yeah. I haven't put it. You haven't explained it properly. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I want to so, understand it. I know, but I want to make sure that it's properly explained. The listeners. So, so, um, so basically the, the reviews that we do. Um, so we, we encourage sort of good governance, which is based on stand, standards that have been sort of agreed by African heads of state. So the closest one to us as young people is probably the African Youth Charter. So countries sort of sign up to it, they um, deposit their instruments and they align their laws at home with what they agree at an international stage, right? Um, so what the IPRM does is try to make sure that countries are sort of following up with um, those agreements, um, you know, and at times when there are good things that are happening in, a, in one country that can be shared, we sort of export them. Um, the sort of the panel that reviews a country gives it as a recommendation. Um, so it's, it's the, the organ is also sort of worked as a, like an early, warn, early warning system to countries when they have issues. So the very controversial one that people always like um, talking about the issue of uh, uh, xenophobia in South Africa, yeah. in Kenya. Try, in not Kenya to, try not to move around too much because uh, you're going on and off of the microphone. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in Kenya, it was uh, on electoral violence. So issues that are big that have to do with governance. Um, the APRM usually sort of report on it. They've got a broad-based uh, questionnaire it's available online for listeners that actually want to see what they review. It's available online, the APRM questioning. So a country sort of looks at its um, um, governance, sort of a, they look in the mirror with this question, and this is what we're doing, this is where we're gonna improve. Uh, then when, when a country is reviewed, what happens is that uh, heads of state sort of meet and tell each other, okay, let's say when it comes to just COVID-19, let's say South Africa was not uh, meeting its uh, sort of, uh, standards uh, when it comes to investing in healthcare. If a country is uh, reviewed and that this is picked up, head of state will be told like by his peers that, um, look, um, 
if it's President Ramaphosa in this case, you haven't spent enough in your, in your health care. Look what I've done. A good example is Tanzania, which has met its uh, standards with healthcare, for example. Um, I mean, there's, there's sort of a standard of sort of keeping 15% of the annual budget that South Africa has, for example, right? Yeah. To healthcare. So very few African countries have been able to meet that, for example. So when we do reviews, we encourage um, those, are, those standards to sort of be kept. Yeah. Okay. I think your 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 expenditure on healthcare has been low for let's say for the past um, ten years, and communities are complaining. Um, so the the whole actual review process also allows for a community to voice out things that they want to do. Civil society. Mm. Uh, the last mm. one was I mean, so is for South Africa. The last review was in two thousand seven. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Wait, the last review of South Africa was in two thousand and seven. Yes, under President uh, Tabo Mbeki, yes. He was one of the, the founders of uh, um, sort of, the, one of one of his ideas. When yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we, we know President Mbeki was very, it was very big on Pan-Africanism and the African Renaissance and, 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 and trying to, 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 to bridge those, those gaps. Um, yes. So I'm, I'm trying to understand. So you're saying the last review was in 2007. Of South Africa. South Africa. Yes, so then, but then, so then, doesn't that make your your reports very? I don't want to say outdated, but outdated is the only word that's coming coming to mind because in that we were since Tabo Mbeki, we've already had what three presidents, if you if you include interim presidents. Yes. So remember, um, um, it's sort of a country, um, sort of uh, um, us, if it can get uh, reviewed. We we can't just uh, sort of as an institution go into South Africa and say, hey, we we need to review right now. Uh, certain countries, if um, that's this is the good news. Certain countries have started to sort of open up for second reviews. So. Um, one of the first reviews that I participated in was Uganda, myself, um, and um, Kenya has been uh, reviewed for the second time. Uh, South Africa, the last time I checked, President Ramaphosa has already said he, he might want to get reviewed. But given the circumstances of what's actually going on right now, I don't think it's possible. Mm. It actually speaks to what we we're going to talk about, the work that I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's very interesting because I think... Um, I. You know Kanan, the rapper, the one who did Waving Flag, the, 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 the anthem for the, for the World Cup that was here. Um, yes, he, he was very... So my birthday is actually on Africa Day. That's the 25th of May. Um, that's the day Ooh, the African... Oh, I didn't know that. Bro. Yeah, the day the, day the African... Yeah, true son of the soil. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm a child of the soil, for, for real. Mm-hmm. And so there, there, there were lots of celebrations a while ago. I can't remember which anniversary it was. And then, but then Kanan... Um, actually, no, he wasn't even, no, I'm, I'm even, I'm lying. It wasn't even Canaan, but there was, there, there's, there's always been criticism that the AU, firstly, as a, as an organization has failed African people in the sense that, um, you know, Gaddafi was removed from power. They, the AU seemingly didn't, didn't speak to that. Um, there's been, you know, countless illegitimate governments uh, in, in, in the various countries. So then how do you, how does the AU maintain its relevance? Because then, I mean, there, there was also those, I don't know if it's true, but those conspiracy theories where they spoke about how when, when China built 
the African Union offices, they bugged all the offices as well. So, so how does how how, how does how does um, the African Union like maintain its relevance, especially in this growing um, this globalization that we that we see ourselves in? How do you think it maintains that that relevance? So, so for me. You know, um, I, I have background in social sciences, politics. You remember, these are the charts that we used to have growing up at VETS. Yeah. Coach, you at times you call me comrade. <laughs> we are comrades. Um, we, we, we've moved on from that, from that chapter of student politics, but I think we still are comrades. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, I think um, the AU is not like an institution. You are the AU, right? That's how I see things. But the AU is made up of people. Yeah. And what tends to happen is that um, we, we as Africans, we tend to focus on the, um, the negative things. And at times, uh, while we are focusing on the negative things, we actually don't um, take time to see what, which way we can better improve things and which way we can better contrib- contribute. To be honest, a lot of our young people, particularly um, those under the age of 35, in most discussions that I've had with them, they tell me that uh, they're very disappointed with our leaders, right? We have, um, I mean, most of the leaders that young people celebrate, um, Thomas Sankara, Patrice Lumumba, you know, and most of them, unfortunately, have they died a long time ago, man. Very, very long. We, we, need, we need new heroes. We, we, we need to be our own heroes because I'm tired. Yes, of, I'm, I'm tired of, of about singing songs about Sankara, Lumumba, yeah, and all of yeah, these guys. As, as great as they were, we need to move on. You know. For, for me, then, Goli, is that if you and I cannot see the way we can contribute, that's what, so. The work that I do is actually trying to get young people get get involved in whether their work at a civil society perspective with the podcast that you're doing, how far you can improve to Africa. As an institution, like, like, oh, it's like a family. There are quarrels. At times, things don't go well. These are 54 countries, including, that are coming together. So you're not so, including Western Sahara? Because um, well, Western Sahara makes it 55, if I'm not mistaken. My, my bed with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my no, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling your leg. Yeah, continue. You're pulling my leg. So, I mean, these are sort of with different sort of cultures, people with different uh, political, uh, so, I mean, the way they run their, govern- their governments, where constitutional democracy, others, uh, they've, we've got monarchs right next to us, you know. In, yeah. in, so, Swaziland. I mean, Swaziland. So, or Eswatini, rather. Yes, what I've seen. Yes. yes. Yeah, today you're politically correct. You know, I'm the one who should be saying yes, what I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> you're so used to it, saying it, so. It, it. It's this thing of working from home. It's making you. It's making you soft. <laughs> anyway, um, so look, look at a good example right now is yeah. the Africa Center for Disease Control. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an organ that sort of. Uh, uh, new institution. Remember, the AU is not old. It's not uh, um, old. It was formed uh, in 2003, sort of after OAU, sort of Mm. the idea of OAU sort of collapsed, you know, like, okay, we're free now. Now we're looking at development Mm. as as, as an organization. That's our focus. But at times, issues of um, governance, to be honest, they remain the big things. 
we, we are so focused on issues around elections, human rights abuses, to an extent that we, we don't cater for our generation, the young ones that actually want to do work, issues around entrepreneurship. I wish we can spend more time trying to develop, which is starting to happen. I mean, we have the Continental Free Trade Agreement, the Free mm. Movement of People Protocol, the new things that are coming up. But what I wanted to explain to you uh, is that look at the Center for uh, Disease Control, the Africa Center for Disease Control. Sure. We faced, we faced Ebola, you know, um, in West Africa, mostly the mostly affected uh, sort of region uh, from 2014 to 2016. Uh, I think about 11,000 11, people died. I'm not sure about the numbers. I have to double check. But a lot yeah. of people lost their lives. And uh, some countries are still even fighting Ebola as we speak on yeah. top of On top COVID-19. of COVID, yeah. Yeah. So... Out of that crisis, we developed a center, you know, the, the, I mean, an institution, not a center, the Africa Center for Disease Control. And look what they're doing right now. Um, if you've been checking news, they are on top of the game in terms of getting, you know, ministers of health to be talking to each other, um, sort of finding common ways in which we can share experiences as African countries which is sort of different from what has happened to other regions like Europe. Mm. Someone is pulling up the borders, others are carrying on as life is okay. But if you look at the African continent, you can see sort of um, uh, uniform sort of pattern of how we're dealing with COVID-19. And a lot of that credit should go to the AU, but we're not looking at it in that way. We are focusing on the terrible things that are some of them very political. So for me, Maybe because I, I work within the institution, I, I, I sort of try to focus on the positive things that the AU is doing and also list, uh, sort of criticize where we are, we are not doing well. I mean, not everything is going all right. Um, Interesting. Okay, okay, okay. So then, I've, so speaking more on, the, on these diseases and, and all of that, um, how has um covid 19 particularly how, how how has it been affecting the continent because obviously south africa we've closed our borders um yes. we've gone on lockdown we've been doing all of that so are we seeing a similar thing happen around because i know lagos was going through very difficult issues recently do you can you can you shed any light on that so um in most other Remember, in most other countries, that's what I can speak of because I've been speaking recently, lately, to a lot of um, um, sort of um, friends and colleagues that are in Zimbabwe, um, sort of Lesotho, um, in different countries. It's almost uniform. Um, there's a lockdown. People are being encouraged to sort of stay at home. Um, uh, others have curfews, for example. Uh, in Kenya, there's a curfew at night. So, but you have people staying at home, which is sort of uh, uh, something that is uniform throughout African countries and um, countries sort of bringing in sort of uh, social economic reliefs to um, to their communities mm. or our own neighbor in Namibia. I mean, before us in South Africa here. They were given 750. They've rolled out um, 
electricity, rent, sort of freezing rent. So they're sort of uh, responding to it, which is for me the A, B, and Cs of good governance to make sure that your your people are, are okay. You know. So, so Tom, do you think? Do you think like? I know your so your, your job is to review and and obviously you develop opinions. So how do you how do you how how have we been handling the COVID virus as compared to previous um, epidemics, uh, particularly Ebola and and malaria? Well, and actually also HIV AIDS. I think we we shouldn't also forget about that. So, 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 how do you think as a continent, as, as a continent, or as South Africa? So, well, let, 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 let's talk about let's talk about a continent, and then we'll speak about we'll speak about South Africa compared to a, Ebola, because obviously South Africa didn't have Ebola. It, it was, yes, it was, but South Africa, so South Africa didn't have Ebola, but uh, it was involved in the, the sort of um, uh, the sort of response to uh, sort of uh, oh, okay. Ebola. Um, because at the AU level, heads of states, they speak to each other. They, uh, and, uh, you know, at times, for example, you remember when there's issues in, in, in other countries, uh, South Africa is at times is nominated to handle an issue, you know. Is, is, that, is, is, that, is that the legacy of, of, of President Mbeki or is that just uh, something that just happened? I... Uh, it's legacy of President Becky that you can give it to him, uh, but also at times it's rotational. So, for example, with uh, South Africa right now chairing the AU, um, it's, it's rotational for its uh, country in the south to sort of um, chair the AU, and um, countries in the southern African region were comfortable with South Africa taking leadership. So, uh, and for me, right now, you have a big crisis and you have a country with a, a leader that, um, um, to some extent, is Pan-African, uh, sort of taking charge during the crisis at the AU level. So it's a beautiful thing when you want to be patriotic to see South Africa leading. South yeah. Africa is leading the continent, so it's a good thing, you know. Um, I think what's what's been interesting for me particularly, um, just looking at because I mean I mean I haven't paid a, a lot of attention to to how other African countries are are, are dealing with it. I know Rwanda in in, in typical form was was very uh, quick and very hard on in, in certain areas. I know I know Lagos was experiencing some issues, but yeah. So I've been looking a lot at like the South African response. And okay, the South African response for me, uh, Anguli. Yeah, I think the, the fact that we went, we 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 had HIV. Wait, wait, please repeat that. Please repeat that. You broke up a bit. Oh, okay. The fact that we had the, the crisis of HIV and AIDS, mm-hmm. right? I think um, in the way our government responded, um, it was a learning curve. It's almost the same thing with. Uh, Ebola, the fact that we dealt with Ebola, I think it also sees how um, we are responding to this. A good example is what I picked up in South Sudan, the artists. Instead of um, sending uh, sort of SMSs and all, they're doing uh, sort of graffiti that uh, sort of teaches ordinary people ways of communicating, you know. And it's something that, I mean, imagine we have good art that's teaching people about COVID-19. 
now. Yeah. Because not everyone is illiterate to read and all and, and all that, you know. Sure. So so I feel like the fact that we have good governance in South Africa, I can tell you that. The fact that uh, we had a disaster management act that put on sort of put on um the 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 head of with parliament it sort of worked very well our response i think has been good uh, i think uh, you see i think i think what what's interesting is that um and and maybe this is this is just my own observation as to as to as to as to why i think our response has been good i think because contrasting it to the to to hiv i and I don't think Jacob Zuma, President Zuma, is going to handle the COVID-19 um, disaster as well as President Ramaphosa is, right? And I think that that has something to do with education, you know? And I think that's also where President Mbeki pro- probably um, came short in terms of his response. So we've got two people on, on opposite sides of the spectrum, now. We've got okay. Jacob Zuma as someone who's very uneducated formally, and then we have um, President Mbeki, who's someone who is educated formally, and and he 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 was really behind the rise of the of the the African the South African middle class and African intellectualism in that sense, right? So, looking at President Mbeki's response to to HIV, I think he approached it with a bit of arrogance, you know, because his his view was no an immune deficiency or an immune syndrome cannot turn into a virus. Yeah? So, so he got caught up in that intellectual debate as to whether an immuno, if this immuno thing will, will, can turn into a virus. Yeah? So I think he's on the far end of the, of the spectrum, which made him delay and, and not give a very good response to, to the HIV pandemic. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, in terms of rolling out ARVs and all of that. And then I think on the opposite side of the spectrum, we have Jacob Zuma, who's uneducated, who doesn't, from, from my own observations, who doesn't take people with formal educations very seriously. And then, so, so I, I think if he was handling a, a similar situation, I don't think he was going to be surrounding himself with so many clever people, you know, or so many highly educated people. Then we have President Dramaposa, who's, I think, is in that perfect area right in the middle. He is educated enough to know the value of education, but then he's also not overly educated to the point of arrogance, to the point where he can just step back and say, look, um, Dr. Zuelim Kize, you're the medical doctor. What do we need to do? And, and you can speak to the minister of police, say, general, what are we, how are we going to implement this thing? So I think, so I think, I think for me, that is the reason why South Africa and particularly President Ramaphosa has been able to to respond so so well to this, uh, but, but, to this crisis. It's it's way for me. It's way more um, more bigger than um, more complicated than uh, individuals. Mm-hmm. It's like at the helm. Yes, not saying that um, um, personal sort of um, responsibility. And don't forget, the president this. appoints the ministers, and yes, the yeah. president is the one who has to declare yeah. the state of. So disaster. I think it's about about, about systems. We okay. it's more than individuals. Our systems, even if President Jacob Zuma was still in leadership, I think to some extent our response would still be 
um, all right because we have systems, we've got checks and balances. Um, if let's say the president was taking uh, a bad route, we have parliamentarians that are on standby, you know, to sort of um, make sure that the executive moves this way, which is sort of different in other countries that have uh, weaker um, checks and balances of uh, sort of uh, arms of government. You know, but I mean, really, have, if you look at if we you look have at the judiciary yeah. that's still working, um, you know, we have checks and balances, so it's way more than indiv uh, individuals. Uh, I will criticize you on that part where you, you like you want to put it on individual basis. I think yes, President Ramaphosa is good, man. I, I respect his leadership. In this particular, I'm very critical of him in other aspects, but I think in this particular instance, of course, you're gonna you're gonna bring up uh, uh, student politics things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll leave that for now. We'll leave that for now. But yeah, because I, I interrupted you. Yeah, so I think for for us, Goli, uh, we have got uh, good systems that can actually be um, sort of um, they're like like an exemplary system of uh, governance that can be shared. Uh, you know. We, every, like there's, there's been signs from President Ramaphosa that he's been consulting not only business, civil society, leaders of the opposition. It's, I think it's the best practice that can be shared. So, and I, I'm- You see President sure. Zuma consult, consulting with leaders of the opposition in the way President Ramaphosa has, because he doesn't have to. But what he's trying to do is he's trying to create a center that the others will follow. Do you think President Zuma was going to have that political capital? Because he has lots of political capital in his party. He's got lots of political cap capital with his constituency, but does he have enough political capital to rein in all the political parties and, and have them singing from the same hymn book? Um, I think what, what President uh, Ramaphosa has done is that he is able to go away more than just the sort of consultations with he he's, he brings in voices that at times were not uh, listened to at some point. So um, the civil society groups are given a chance. Um, uh, leaders of the opposition are consulted. From what I'm picking, might yeah. not be true. I'm not sure, but that's what I that's, mean. It, it that's, looks, that's what it looks that's like. What it looks like. That looks like. Yeah. Uh, which is good. Which yeah. is good um, because everyone sort of there's a consent. You even even yourself, you feel like okay, the next five stages that have been laid up, I understand. Although you might want, hey, I want to go out. I want to continue. Hey man, I need a drink, show. man. That's all I can. Do. <laughs> 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 I, I know you might need a drink, but I mean, but you you you're not gonna fight against these stages. You, there's a little bit of a, um, consent, which I think is important. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um so actually yeah okay let's I, just to bring it back home because I know l last time I saw you you were you were a very active muscular guy. Uh how how has that how, how have you been able to maintain your physical health and mental health during this this lockdown? Um it's, that's it's been difficult both because um, I like being outdoors. I like running. And I can't do that right now. But I'm I'm doing a body, body uh, sort of uh, exercises. They're not enough. Yeah. <laughs> They're not enough. Uh, but um, I'm trying, and I think it helps out with even mental health. Yeah. You know, because being locked up 
that's how most people are feeling being locked up because you're used to being an outdoor. I'm generally a person that like being with with people out there. Yeah, yeah. You're so, you're, you're, you're a social butterfly. <laughs> yes, yes, my brother and goodie. So right now, yeah, it does get text. It does take a toll on me, but I mean. I understand the situation that we're in, in this is a little bit bigger than us. So let's just hold on. Let's hang in there. I don't know how you, how are you keeping? Um, Cause you train too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Look, look, ever since uh, the baby came, uh, I have, I definitely have not been maintaining that same uh, physical activity. The excuse that I that I that I that I kept on giving was that I was gaining weight as an act of solidarity uh, to to my girlfriend. <laughs> but oh, the cutest guy. You still like you still the cute guy, bro. Uh, <laughs> very, like, yeah, solidarity with my girl. I like that. I like that excuse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no. Look, I've been I've been doing some some body weight exercises, doing pull ups, doing push ups. Um, meditation is actually really really important i think i've spoken about meditation quite a few times in this podcast um and the benefits of that because um so what what i do is i use an app called headspace um that's free marketing for them but i use an app called headspace for me it works it works it works very well because it guides you through the meditation it takes you through the various stages and i think through through meditation i have become a lot I, I gain a deeper understanding of myself and my mind and I'm able to focus. I'm able to calm down. Um, it's so, so, so I'm a, I'm a big advocate of, of meditation. So throughout this thing, I've been meditating when I remember today, I haven't meditated today. I haven't exercised, but I'm definitely going to do it before, before I sleep. Um, okay. um, and um, when it comes to spirituality, you still going to church or look, man, I could, I go to church when I remember. <laughs> by the way, that's by the way, Gully, bro. On the serious note, that's one of my fears, bro. What? Uh, in terms of um, when it comes to starting a family, I feel the pressure that um, you know because growing up, my mom used to take me to church religiously every Sunday. Um, mm. My dad sort of has this uh, sort of um, Christian, well-raised man, and I haven't been on that. Look, sort of man. spiritual every Sunday let's go to church it's like I don't want to break that chain and I, how do you feel yourself I mean I don't know whether you were raised that way but as a young man with a young family yeah, look um, my, my, my parents always very big on on, on choice right so mm-hmm. when we were younger going to church was a choice um, getting baptized they because I was I'm the firstborn, right? So then I was so normally so so normally what happens <laughs> it's with, a lot in, of pressure. In, yeah, it's too much pressure. So normally what happens in the Catholic uh, Catholic religion, because I'm Catholic, what happens oh, okay. is that the, the baby will be baptized. I mean, a couple of months old. My daughter was baptized when she was around seven, six, seven months old. Um, I wasn't baptized when I I was a baby because they said I should have the choice to be baptized. And I'm still not baptized. <laughs> So, so, so it's, it's why, one of the, why didn't you why didn't you give your your your, your, your in this case sorry to cut your show why didn't sure. you give your baby like a choice to be baptized out of your own consent? Um, that's a good question. 
That's a good question. I don't have the answer for you, actually. You don't have the answer. <laughs> you, don't, I, you don't have all the answers. I don't, I don't have, look, I think the problem with me, with the, the reason I never got baptized, because I, I, I had many opportunities to get baptized, because um, we would still go to church pretty regularly. But for me, it's just a lack of understanding, I think, on my side that made me... I, I, I question too much. So I'm like, no, that doesn't make sense to me. I can't, I can't say, um, I, I, I wholeheartedly believe in everything. So I don't, so I don't think it would be a legitimate baptism for me to get baptized, but I, 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 I do believe in the, in Catholicism. I do believe in the Catholic church. So I thought it's important for my, my kid to be baptized. And also I think her mom also wanted her to be baptized. So, oh, so, so I do think, I do think it is important. I think spirituality has a very important place. I think I want to, I want to raise my child to, to pray. I think even just the act, if, if, even if there isn't a God, right? Because I think that's also why I haven't been baptized. Cause I, I mean, often I think maybe there's not a God, right? But okay. sometimes I think even if there isn't a God, I think just the act of going on your knees and humbling yourself and, and accepting that you, you don't have all the answers and that, there is a higher power that has to, that makes the decisions, I think is very important. So I think maybe that was also the reasoning behind me getting her baptized. I wanted her to have that element of humility, even if, even if we'll try to give her in other ways, but I, I think religion is, is the ultimate humility, if done yeah, properly. Man, like, yeah, you, you know, when, when you say like, uh, learn my friend, you know, I used to look at you as a yeah, uh, young young brother but the fact that you've reached this stage of your life not only with a family but what you're doing with um, with uh, your business as wonguli it's making me say brother nguli like so you're like a there's something trending you're like a hot, hot man, man <laughs> <laughs> yeah so mad respect for, for, for you for thank you thank you my brother hey man having a kid will do that to you i i definitely matured a lot definitely matured um <laughs> you sometimes maturing isn't by choice and and i always thought i was relatively mature but being in this situation with having the baby unexpectedly and all of that made me realize how immature i actually was and how much growing up i had to do in in, in certain emotional aspects because i think maturity is an emotional thing you could be you could be 40 and not be mature so i think it, 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 it matured me a lot um yeah, it gave me a lot of clarity. It gave me a lot of focus. Um, okay. It made the business more real because before, although the business was real, it had to, now it actually has to be real. It has to be doing proper stuff. Actually, shout out to you. Thank you very much to you. Actually, I think I have said this before because I think at the time when we, when we did the, because we, we, we covered the African Youth Development Summit that, that the APRM was, 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 was hosting. And I think that at the time, that was actually our biggest gig. And I think that also was, gave us a lot of confidence as to, as to what we could do. So shout out to you for that. I really do appreciate that. And it's actually funny, no disrespect, but when I look at um, how much we got paid for that gig, right? And that was our mm-hmm. biggest one at that point. That was like, we were like, this is money, right? <laughs> and then I compare it to our, our biggest even our like yeah our biggest gig last year it was it it really pales in comparison and i think it's just 
development and growth. And, and, and I'm very grateful to you for being a part of that development and growth. Um, that's, you know, and, and every time I, I sort of see your work, I see it like an incremental sort of growth. And um, I'm trying no doubt to, to continue uh, um, working hard, bruv. And uh, for me, it's actually, look, you're working, you're, you're an essential service worker as we speak. Because look, <laughs> you're, providing <laughs> yes, you're providing certain services, bruv, that are, sure. are very important. And it's something that I actually want to take back to what we're discussing in times of disaster like this, I think that's where we need to sort of see opportunities. Yeah. Um, it might be not, not without a terrible um, sort of, I, I, feel, I feel bad that people are dying, but you have to look for an opportunity in crisis. You have to, if you, if, yes. if you, just, if you just cry, don't, don't mourn, mobilize. So right now, if we are hopeful as young people, we should be reimagining not only our, our businesses, but reimagining life after the COVID-19, you know, because for the first time, even countries, I mean, they're producing their own stuff. Start with face mask, man. Um, mm. then we you can't import to, things. You have to make them yourself. Which is good because we're yeah. crying unemployment. You know? So we actually need to re-kickstart that as people to start being dependent on ourselves again, particularly for Africans. And for me, it came after what happened in China. I don't know if you're following the issue of uh, black Racism. Africans. Yeah. So for me, it's like as African people, but particularly black people, yeah. we, we need to reach a stage where we fix our own issues, you know, um, where we don't have other people dealing with our own issues, you know. So, for example, issues of unemployment. I'm sure if we fix the issue of unemployment and the well-being of our people, our people won't be living the continent the way they've been living. You know? So, it's up to us now at, at this stage. Everyone is suffering. Europe is suffering. Africa is suffering. When this sort of, when we conquer this, it's an opportunity for us again to sort of say, okay, during crisis, we're dependent on ourselves for a number of things. Why can't we continue doing that and find new avenues. So let's look at it in that way. And for you, man, I, I hope you can do more work in terms of um, connecting young people when it comes to business on the continent. Because when I travel, I see a lot of young people with brilliant ideas. How do you sort of make sure that with, for example, the African Continental Free Trade Agreement that has been sort of signed up on? When, when it's reality now, how do you Make sure that your podcast gets translated into Arabic and someone in yeah. Niger, Swahili, Swahili uh, different sort of um, languages that are all spoken on the continent. Hausa, if it's in Nigeria, whatever the language might be, how do we do this African thing, man? Making sure that our trade is internal and we develop. Because uh, I see a lot of opportunities for us as young people. Okay. That's how. That's how I see it. That's so, dope, man. I think that's a good note to end it on. Mm -hmm. I'll think about that, bro. I'll think about it. I, I thank you very much for being on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. <clears throat> continue doing dope work. Continue traveling. Hopefully, when these restrictions are lifted, you can get back to traveling and, and doing the good work you're doing. Um, 
I appreciate you as a guest. I appreciate you as a brother. Um, yeah, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Nguli, and uh, stay well. Um, remember to stay safe and uh, still keep the, the rules and regulations that we have. For indeed, indeed, <laughs> indeed. Take good care, brother. Indeed. It is the Anum 365 All Hits, No Misses, man. <laughs>